Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 13 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of July 20th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, Director of Communications for ERS, and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Hi, Brian. I am doing well this week. How about you? Doing really well, really well. Great sunny day outside. Yep, enjoying that sunshine. Absolutely. So just as a reminder, the the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, families, and staff members. So we've got another great episode today. Kristen, why don't you tell us about our lineup? Brian, I'd love to. So on uh, the podcast with us as guests today, we have two residents. Uh, Brenda McKinney, who lives at Shawnee Place in Springfield, Ohio. And we have Ann Reed, who lives at Marjorie P. Lee in Hyde Park. Laura Lamb will be on with us again to give us an update on all things ERS. Keep us in the loop. Yep. Well, another great episode ahead of us. And uh, I'd be remiss without talking about our gala again, our Together We Rise a virtual gala is being held on Friday, October 9th this year. Uh, so if you visit our website at EpiscopalRetirement.com and go down to the homepage to the link to the gala, you can find out more information. Again, it's being held on October 9th, and we thank so much to our sponsors, the Model Group, again, one of our, our great partners, especially on our affordable living communities, and then the Ridgestone contractors uh, and builders. Uh, who partner on many projects on our CCRCs, our continuing care community, retirement communities. Uh, we're really looking forward to that, Kristen. I am too. I've got it on my calendar for October 9th. Well, great. Well, with that, why don't you introduce our first guest? Absolutely. So up with us this day is Brenda McKinney. Brenda lives at Shawnee Place in Springfield, Ohio. Let's meet Brenda. Welcome, Brenda. Thanks for being on our podcast today. Hi. It's a pleasure. Well, it's good to talk with you. And tell me, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. That's good. And Staying know, in and out of the heat. Oh, good. <laughs> that is, that's a, something we all have to do right now. It's a pretty, pretty warm summer for sure. Um, tell me, Brenda, mm -hmm. a little bit about, and, and our listeners, a little bit about um, Shawnee Place and, and what it means to you living there. I love Shawnee Place. It's just a big, happy family. You learn to love the people because you're around them all the time. And the staff is amazing. They do anything and everything they can to make you feel like this is your home. It's not like any other rental property, you know, where they put you in and you're just an apartment number. You're actually family here. Yes. And it's great. That's wonderful. And you've lived at Shawnee Place quite a while. Is that right? Yes, I have. Wonderful. I think around seven years. Wow. Wow. Well, you've got some good, solid relationships there then with, uh, with Brenda and Joanna and all the, all the staff there. That's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. I think, I think you told me a little bit about you and Brenda go way back. 
Yes, she worked for me when I was still working at a restaurant. I was the manager of a deli and a restaurant, and she was my head waitress. And so we go way back. We've been friends for a long, long time. Well, then and when you came to Shawnee Place, that was really kind of just a homecoming then, you know, with your friend there. Yes, That's it was. Awesome. That's wonderful. We were really excited. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit uh, and our listeners a little bit about uh, what what kind of things are you doing right now? Because we're all trying to stay safe and distanced and, um, you know, everything that we can to to stay healthy. What What kind of things are you doing to stay engaged at Shawnee Place? Well, I'm kind of a crafty person. I'm not a great crafty person, but I love doing it. So I bought myself, you know, things to make cards. And I make cards for people and give them to them. And they might not be perfect cards, but they come from the heart. And they mean a lot to me. Yeah. And I work a lot of puzzles. I love to do crossword puzzles. Love crossword puzzles. That's awesome. And I read my Bible a lot. Mm -hmm. And... Mm -hmm. I keep myself really busy. I listen to books because it's more relaxing to listen to one than for me to read one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm busy all the time. I keep myself going all the time. Yeah. I, I can't let myself be bored. There you go. That's a good way to stay engaged for sure. Um, I right. know that typically you're very involved there. You're um, part of the resident council. Is that right? Yes, I am. I'm the treasurer of the resident council, and we take care of so many things, and it's the people are so involved in it. The residents are so involved. You know, they get to vote on things that they want, and it's just we bring in money that way. We raise money by having um, potlucks, and they'll pay $5 and have a, a meal that would cost you $30 in a restaurant. Wow. And the council money, you know, the money we bring in, we make the meal. And we set up a little store in the winter when people can't get out. We have a little store where they can come up and buy soups and cereals and coffee and, you know, packages of coffee and stuff. And the council is absolutely 100% for the residents. Yeah. And we have four officers and then we have a person for each floor represent each floor. And if you have a problem or you want to bring something up, you go to that person and then they bring it forward to the council people. It's just an amazing thing. That is. You you sound like your guys are very well organized and uh, inclusive of everybody. And uh, that's that's wonderful to hear. I know a lot of your activities have to be on hold right now, but you are still having sort of a meal. That is absolutely amazing. In the beginning of this pandemic, they were doing it every week and they would the staff, Brenda and Rita and Joanna, would get together and figure out what they wanted to make, what they could make inexpensively, you know, because we've got like 80 people. And they would make us a lunch, put it in containers and come and, and put it in a cart and just come and peck on your door. And it always had uh, delicious food. I mean, we've had grilled cheese. We've had pulled pork. We've had spaghetti. We, we've had anything you can think of. Wow. And they always put a um, search word puzzle in it. Oh. <laughs> with it. And everybody filled that out, and then you put it on your clip outside your door. Yeah. And then uh, they pick it up, and then they, you know, you fold them up and everything, and they pick two winners a week. 
Oh, wow. For a little gift. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you got a little gift if your name was picked. That's awesome. So they're amazing people. They they truly are. Yeah. You you they're not just employees, they're not just workers. They're dear friends to literally everybody that lives here. Yeah. That's that's such good news to hear. I know um I treasure them as uh as coworkers, so I'm glad that uh that continues on into the community there and, and that uh, they're taking good care of you. And I know you guys take good care of them as well. Right. Well, family does. That's what family does. That's so <laughs> true. That's so true. Well, Brenda, is there anything that you are looking forward to when this is all over? Something that maybe you haven't been able to do recently? Oh, absolutely. We play games oh, here. Yeah. And we haven't been able to do that. But we played games every Wednesday night, and we had a ball. And different people played different games and come and set up, you know, their tables. And there would be four or five of them there and four or five of them here. And it's just the actual contact with the people that I miss and that I'm really looking forward to. Well, Brenda, it was so great to talk to you. Here's to looking forward to a game night, hopefully sometime in the not-too-distant future. And uh, thank right. you so much for joining me. Oh, you're so very welcome. Well, what a wonderful interview with Brenda, Kristen. It was so nice to hear how much she appreciated the staff and how, how supportive she is up at uh, the Shawnee Apartments up in Springfield, Ohio. It is so true. We, uh, we know those uh, staff members pretty well. Uh, uh, but we haven't seen them in a long time. It was good to hear that all the residents are really appreciating the things that they're doing to keep residents safe, but also keep them engaged and enjoying life as much as we can right now. Well, great. Well, with that, uh, you want to introduce our next segment? Yes. Okay. Next up, we're going to check in for our weekly update um, with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. So I'm back this week with uh, President and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How about you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. So it's been another kind of week that's gone by quickly with lots of things going on. uh, But I thought I'd start out this segment by uh, highlighting um, the story on Local 12. They came to us about the topic of visitations. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk about the the story and, uh, and your experience with that. Sure, Brian. I really appreciated them reaching out to us. And as the new story shared, they had reached out to more than a dozen nursing homes in Hamilton County. And mm-hmm. um, the good news is that everyone's doing the same thing, which is not allowing outdoor visits at this time. Um, you know, really, the governor has allowed visits across this uh, state, but have said, you really need to take two things into high consideration. Number one, uh, you know, what is uh, the incident or the occurrence rate of COVID in your building, as well as um, what is happening around um, in, the, in the county itself, so Hamilton County. Right. And for us, um, we d- have decided, like many, many, many uh, nursing homes across the county, that because the prevalence is so high right now in Hamilton County that we cannot afford to take the risk of uh, bringing that in via visitors 
uh, mm -hmm. to our community. So I really appreciated them um, highlighting that aspect of this of the story. Yeah, yeah, I think such a an important message. And while it's tough, you know, for our residents and their families, you know, we certainly are making arrangements for them to do Zoom calls and phone calls and and things like that. I know the staff's gotten really creative. Yeah, they 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 really have, Brian. And you know, no one argues that this is taking a toll on our, you know, our psychosocial health. But sure. you know, we are still in a pandemic, and we have to uphold physical health first. And uh, you know, our top priority is the health and of our residents and staff is our top priority. Yeah, yeah, and I know, or uh, we're doing a lot of testing now uh, among uh, throughout our communities. And this last week, but the week before, we had the National Guard come in to do pre-house and do their testing as they had done at Marjorie P. Lee, and we did a large testing down at ECH earlier this year. Incidents of those that are that have been tested positive for the disease is really quite low as an organization. I wonder if you could comment on that. Yeah, I think we get hung up on uh, the numerator, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. um, the, the number of actual cases. And, and so, you know, the, the rate of infection is extremely low. So give you an example, the National Guard testing at Dupree, all but one test is back. And that's just because there's probably a typo somewhere in the data field, but mm -hmm. all but one is back. So we had one private duty out of 170. Well, that is less than 1%. That's incredible. Um, so, so those, that's what you really have to look at. And, and so that got me thinking about like, um, all of our communities and all the testing and for Marjorie Lee Dupree and Episcopal Church Home, um, the, the testing and where we are right now, we are less than 1% and at all of the campuses. And so you, you look at that compared to, what leading age has shared um, when organizations do surveillance testing, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're surveilling the right. community and looking for those asymptomatic people that we all read and hear about. And other organizations, when they have that testing, are getting these crazy rates of 25 to, you know, I've heard as high as 50%. So to have less than 1% is... You know, I, I use it as, uh, I point to that data as, you know, evidence that our very disciplined approach is working. Um, you know, we're not surprised that we're right here along yeah. this journey. I mean, we anticipated that there would be cases in all of our communities. It wasn't a matter right. of there would, it was a matter of time yeah. because two of our communities are in Hamilton County. Right. Um, but I point to, you know, the excellent processes and protocols that our, our risk management team has put in place and, oh. and the way that they've done it, it's been fun to be a part of that because it's rooted in mo the most up-to-date CDC guidelines. Mm -hmm. It's rooted in science and data yep. and it's continuous continually revised based on new information. You know, the guidelines for CDC, as an example, have changed, you know, three times, you know, um, 
on what you do, how do you return somebody to work as an example? Right. So um, the team has been focused on making sure that we're, we're up to date, we're revising, it's rooted in um, data and science. Yeah, that, that's been really fascinating to watch uh, from my standpoint. It's just how active and engaged and, and, and how thought, um, thought-provoking a lot of those discussions have been and, and reacting to what's going on. But, but, and not only that, but, but I think even the fact that we've had this risk management team before and had a lot of protocols and processes in place for maybe not a pandemic, but lended itself well for a pandemic. Um, I, it's just been really, I think, eye-opening for myself to s- just see how well we were prepared. But kudos to the risk yeah. management team. And There's actually nine of us within our organization that have been certified as certified risk managers. So it, yes, it has, you know, we didn't do it for to prepare for a pandemic, but Boy, oh boy, it's really it's really come in um, as a as a valued resource. So for sure, and I think it's very valued by our residents and their families too. I've heard a lot of feedback of how how much confidence they have in in our organization because of that. that I think that's really important to say as well. You know, and and we would be remiss at, at saying okay let's give kudos to the risk management team, but it really, it, it really starts at the bedside, right? Yeah. And, it, you know, we have such per- professional and caring staff as well. So it's, it's leadership, but then, you know, we could write all the protocols and create all the systems and it would be for nothing if we didn't have the, the staff, the day-to-day. And, and when I say at the bedside, it's not just the nurses. It's absolutely the nurses mm-hmm. and our resident assistants. But it's also, you think about the impact that a housekeeper can make right. on, on um, something like a COVID and infection control type protocols. You look at dining and, you know, it's just, it, we have an incredible staff, Brian, as you well know. Yeah, we really do. I'm so proud to, to work side by side. With Absolutely. Them. We're Absolutely. so blessed. Referring back to that end of the story with Local 12, you mentioned how, you know, as a community, not, not just our retirement communities, but say the Cincinnati community or the Louisville community, it really matters what we're doing when we're outside of our own workplace as well. Interestingly enough, you took some time with our staff this week to kind of talk about the levels of risk, you know, by the different types of activities that we may do in our daily lives. And I, I thought that was interesting and wondered if you could maybe provide some, some, uh, some information on, on what you shared, because I think it would be very helpful for the general public as well. Well, I would love to share this because um, I said in the news story, if everyone wants nursing homes and retirement communities to open, we all have a part in that and how we have to follow the guidelines because what happens in the community is reflected in the nursing homes. It's not the nursing homes are creating the infection and taking it to the community. It's the community bringing it into the nursing home. So we we have to stop it as a general community. And Brian, you and I have talked, you know, we, 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 we see our friends, our neighbors, our, the community doing things that are exactly the opposite of what we need to do in this time. And mm-hmm. we, we've um, actually a family member gave um, 
me a resource uh, from Texas Medical Association, which is just a risk um, assessment. So it takes, it puts it in context, which I like, you know, it says, like, what is the least risky thing you can do? And then rates it on a scale one to 10 yep. up, up to, you know, the most risky thing. So not a surprise, you know, and my husband loved this, that playing golf <laughs> is relatively low risk, right? Right. Um, going, you know, walking outdoors, relatively low risk. Getting takeout from your restaurant, your favorite restaurant to help our restaurants, low risk. Right. But then it goes up to moderate risk. So some of the moderate risks, you know, um, would be, you know, going to a beach and being by yourself, but still be going to a beach. And then yeah. all the way up to, you know, the highest risk is, you know, higher would be going, eating in a restaurant and going to a bar, which is the absolute worst thing you can do yeah. according to the scale. So with that, you know, the, the sound bite is, and, um, you know, you can go and play golf. If you haven't been with people, you probably should wear a mask if they're not in your immediate right. family. And I know people don't like to hear that, but that is an absolute essential is wearing your mask. Yep. Um, but when you're finished with that round of golf, you can't go to the bar and have a drink and you can't go to the club and have lunch. Right. right. So right. that's what the, that's what the assessment tool kind of helps us um, look at. So it was very helpful. I got a lot of positive feedback for sharing it. People actually wanted the, the, the assessment tool like in their hands so that I think that they can use it with their, their families, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I plan on sharing it with my family as well. Um, you know, we get back into the fall where, you know, school starting and there may be more temptations to again, get back more to normal because of fatigue or, you know, short-sighted thinking. So um, it's very, very helpful. Well, and it comes down to two things consistently, right? Um, social distancing, even when you're outside yep. and wearing masks, even when you're outside <laughs> yep. kind of thing. So those are the key messages. Good lessons for us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us this week, Laura. I hope you have a, a wonderful week ahead and uh, we'll look forward to getting together real soon. Absolutely, Brian. Thank you. Brian, it was so great to hear from Laura again and um, hear just you know how the staff are doing, keeping up, staying ahead of that fatigue that can come and um, keeping everybody safe and really just living out our mission every day in their work there in the communities. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we talked so much about what we do at home or outside of our homes matters so much. And I think she's really given some good framework for our staff and, and really a good reminder for the public that, you know, following the guidelines, uh, you know, of social distancing, wearing a mask it is so important. And also some really good guidelines on what's, you know, what's maybe more risky behavior and what's, what's not quite as risky because there are certainly things we can do, you know, such as playing golf, for example, that we talked about that really isn't quite as risky. So it was a really good conversation. Yeah, all good information for us to keep in mind. That was wonderful. I guess next up, we've got your final interview. Yeah, so I had the pleasure of sitting down with Ann Reed, uh, one of our residents at Marjorie P. Lee and our Cincinnati uh, retirement community here. So uh, let's listen to my interview with Anne. 
So I'm here this week with one of our residents from Marjorie P. Lee. This, I'm here with Ann Reed, who's been at Marjorie P. Lee for seven years. And Ann is uh, a wonderful resident. She's helped us out a lot in our marketing department with uh, photo shoots and uh, some of our commercials. So welcome, Ann. Well, good morning. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. And I, I usually just like to check in with our residents here, particularly during the pandemic and see, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. We're used to not going to the dining room and but still enjoying the good food mm-hmm. and good days and bad days kind of goes with the weather, you know? Yeah. But now we've had some sunny days. It's hot, but that's, it's July. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm you- doing well. Yeah, and you're getting out in the courtyard and doing a little bit of walking or just sitting out there. Yes, every day walking in the courtyard or sitting and enjoying the water fountain and uh, watching the the baby birds that are now out of the nest and having wonderful time. (laughs) So bird watching and just enjoying being here and being safe. It's, it's It's a good place. Yeah. So what what else have you been doing to stay active and engaged during pandemic? I know you you mentioned before, you know, we started the recording you were you were doing some some work with blankets and I think some reading. Yeah, I um we have a, a a group of women at our church and somebody cuts the blank the material and then they bring it over to me. Now that's what we're doing and I tie the knots all the way around. So I've done about 20 of them recently. It's an easy job. You can, uh, they don't take long. And there's so, we do some for children that our people mentor at school. Second graders get a blanket. And then we also do adult size for respite center or whoever needs blankets. So it's a, keeps your fingers nimble. Yeah. And, uh, it's about the only thing I can do anymore. <clears throat> I don't walk real well. Mm-hmm. And we can't get out to go anyplace, so you might as well stay home and tie blankets. Right. You said you're an avid reader in the, the, the library. I read, yes. I, I read a lot and do my crossword puzzles and my word find and whatever else I can find to do. We have book club, and we use the Zoom to yeah. do it. And I'm not—I'm not real good with electronic stuff, but I'm learning. Yeah. Well, you're joining me for this interview, which is great. You did a great <laughs> yeah. job with that. Yes. My next question: Are there any experiences from your life, any past situations or crisis that you may have lived through that have kind of helped you cope through this current pandemic? Well, when I was eight years old, we were we were in uh, quarantine because the males in the family had um, scarlet fever, oh, and wow. I remember that. I was only eight years old, but I remember how the quarantine was, and it was strict. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was a, a labor and delivery nurse for a long time, mm-hmm. and you were just ready for anything. And so I think that's kind of helped me know, well, today this is happening. So, okay, go with it. And I'm kind of 
anymore. Just kind of laid back and wait and see what happens. Uh, And I'm here, and I'm being well taken care of and well fed, and I'm around. When I see people, they're my friends. Everybody's your friend. Right. So I'm content, (laughs) but I wish it was over. (laughs) I know the longer it it goes on, the harder it it does get for everybody. Well, yeah, and that is a problem because people think, well, I've made it this far. Let's see. Right. Uh, I guess I'll. I guess I won't wear my mask today. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. But you know, you just do what you're supposed to do, and things will turn out okay. Yeah. Well, I know we're all still really being very cautious, and that the main yes. things are, to your point, wear a mask and social distance. And- yeah, and I guess the mask doesn't bother me because of my work experiences at the time I worked we wore masks most of the time yeah so I'm kind of getting back in the feel of wearing a mask right so and being careful yeah still going on but I, I this has always been a fun question to ask what are you looking forward to once the pandemic is over you'll laugh at this but what I miss Maybe the most is my breakfast in the dining room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are many people that uh, always have their breakfast in their room like we do now. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, I was set at a certain table and usually the uh, usual people sitting at the table. So you immediately knew at 7 or 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning that all your friends were up and able and eating and happy. So, yeah. But, and I miss that, I think, the most is my nice breakfast in the dining room. <laughs> that sounds silly. No. But I think, I think many of us are wanting to get back to our, our dining room for all our meals, but we also know we can't do that. Yeah. So, I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. Well, I think that's a, a great wish and uh, and very reasonable. So hopefully, hopefully at some point we can get get back to that. Oh, oh, we will, we yeah. will. Yeah. Yes. Well, great. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Let's let's keep our fingers uh, crossed. Who knows? Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. It's it's really been fun to catch up with you, and uh, well, a, wish- another new experience. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, and we'll make sure you can. Uh, and can thank listen. you for having me. Yeah. And we'll catch up soon. I, I would be remiss to say that, you know, I mentioned at the top of our interview, you've helped, you know, taking pictures for our, our ads, but you also were the star of our TV commercial for our, uh, our short-term rehab services with your uh, uh, Vespa motorcycle and, uh, and your, your helmet <laughs> there. And that was so fun. Yes. We'll always have that memory. Got a lot of very nice memories uh, from my stay here, my living here so far, and I'm sure there'll be many more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Ann. Okay, bye-bye. Well, Brian, it was great to hear from Ann today. And again, you know, those, those themes are coming through that uh, the staff are, are doing everything possible to support our residents right now. 
Yeah, she's uh, obviously very grateful to that team over at Marjorie P. Lee. And, uh, you know, she's finding ways of staying engaged and, and uh, you know, just a very positive outlook in life, despite any, any hiccups or challenges. So uh, really, really enjoyed that interview. So with that being said, uh, that's it for today's episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, uh, some downloadable resources where you can learn more about aging and the services that we offer, and so much more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. And we really love feedback and hearing from our listeners. If you have any questions, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer. And our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Brenda McKinney and Ann Reed. And of course, uh, always hearing from our fearless leader, Laura Lamb. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Brian, I look forward to our discussion again real soon. Take care. You too.